Welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. I am your host, Lauren Lappin, and this is the place where we talk all things lash and beauty business related. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today I am going to be discussing what things you should not be doing if you want to grow your business this year or grow your business whenever. I think we've called it in 2023, the name of this episode, but honestly, uh, this is relevant at any month or any year, at any point in time. So really, a lot of people uh, think that other things are more important than looking after your clients. But at the end of the day, if you want to grow your beauty salon, your beauty business, you want to hire staff, you want to make more money, you want to step back off the tools, any of that kind of stuff, you need to have recurring clientele. So recurring clientele are clients that keep coming back to your business time and time again. So repeat customers. And This is the real secret sauce to any business growth. The keystone of business growth is repeat business. So if you feel like you never have enough clients and you are working really, really hard to always be attracting new ones because you can't seem to fill your books, you got a problem. You're never going to grow your business if you're needing to do that. You need to keep your clients coming back. Well, first of all, you need to attract them, get them to come to your business for the first time, give them an amazing first-time client experience. They need to get great results from the service as well. So uh, depending on what you're offering, whether it be lashes, skin treatments, tattooing, brows, nails, uh, makeup, whatever it may be, you need to offer, you know, a great service. They get, they're happy with their results when they leave and They need to have an all-round good experience so they feel good and they are excited to come back to you and continue to keep coming back and giving you their hard-earned money. So today I am going to be going over some of the don'ts if you are, you know, you're looking to grow and getting people coming back to you for, you know, years to come. So first of all, Don't give shitty customer service. Not all of us have worked in customer service, you know, prior to entering the beauty or hair industry. I feel like for myself, good customer service comes naturally to me. I am a people pleaser. I have talked about this on other episodes um, of the podcast and in my Instagram content and my blog. I believe a lot of women in the beauty industry and hair industry are people pleasers as well. We we just have this need to make people feel good and feel happy with us. But not everyone gets this right. And if you want clients to keep coming back to you, you cannot be bad at customer service. So I'm just going to run through a few examples of, of shitty or crappy or bad customer service. So number one, not making your clients feel important. Basically, we want to feel important. All of us want to feel important. And if we walk through the doors of a shop, like a retail shop or 
a service-based business and we're not acknowledged when we walk in the door, it gives us bad feelings. I know definitely like when if I walk into, say, who am I going to use as an example here? I'll just use a large retail chain because no one's going to get offended. I walked into Jacuba, which is a women's clothing store in Australia. I walked into Jacuba on, I think, Boxing Day or uh, maybe the day after Boxing Day, just, just for a bit of a browse, you know, had a bit of money to spend. The weather had warmed up and, and I, you know, I was probably could have dropped a few hundred bucks, maybe more. And I walked in there. There were two girls at the front counter and they were talking amongst themselves. There were other customers in the store at the same time as me. I think I walked around for maybe seven or eight minutes. I probably walked past the desk two to three times. And in that time, I was not acknowledged, not even a hi, how are you? Let alone a can I help you with anything? Which side note, I wouldn't be asking that um, sort of question anyway, because it's a closed question. Can I help you? Yes or no. People are going to say yes or no. And most of the time it's going to be no. So <laughs> open questions. But I mean, this this comes into a whole other range of customer service that we're not talking about today. But, you know, I wasn't acknowledged and I thought, well, <laughs> stuff you guys. I'm not going to spend any money here. I'm going to go somewhere else. And The same thing actually happened in a few stores that day to me. And I thought, well, you know what? It's no wonder online shopping is getting to be so popular because good customer service seems to have died. And I know that a lot of people talking about it dying during COVID. I'm not sure if that's true or if it's just been an evolution of things that have happened over the last few years, but Definitely the rise in popularity uh, of online shopping can definitely, you know, be attributed to the lack of customer service that we are getting in physical stores, in physical retail stores now. So if we bring this back to our service-based businesses, if you're not making your clients or potential clients feel important from the moment they walk into your store or your salon, till the moment they leave, you're not treating them like they are the most important thing to you in the world. While they're with you, they're probably not going to come back. They're not going to be happy with the service. So I always say, as soon as anyone walks in, you are not too busy to say hi. I don't care if, you know, you're on the phone or you're in the middle of a conversation with your coworker or anything. Just even an acknowledgement that they've walked in the door and that you'll speak to them in a moment or, you know, if you're not doing anything, hey, Lauren, how are you today? I'll be with you in a moment or take a seat, you know, Sarah's not going to be long or, or whatever um, or I'm just finishing up with my client now. I won't, I won't be too far off. Just take your seat, make yourself comfortable. Can I grab you a glass of water or anything? You know, really making sure that their needs are met, not making them feel like they're an annoyance to you or, you know, If it's someone who's coming in to ask about your services, the last thing you want to do is, you know, make them feel like they're taking up too much of your time. Yes, you may be running late with other clients. Yes, you may be trying to do a million different things or call people back or or whatever, but you need to make time for the people that physically come into your salon and also the ones that 
call you or make contact with you via socials. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in a minute when I'm talking about um, the don'ts for social media, but making them feel important and welcoming them as soon as they come in and that you're really grateful that they are there to give you their hard-earned cash. So the second one would be consultation. So if you are not consulting with your clients at all, you got a bit of a problem. Now, a lot of people in the industry don't do this correctly and you can save a lot of headaches down the road just with a proper consultation to start with. And this can be in various forms. You know, you can actually email them or text them consult forms before they have even walked through your salon doors and then go through the forms together when they're in the salon and just confirm all of their answers and maybe dive a little bit deeper and explain different parts. But consultation is so important. And I've just lost count of how many times I've seen it, even in my own salon. And this is something that I go over regularly with my team, you know, the art of a good consultation. But, you know, it's no good if you are getting your client on the bed, you've already put the eye patches on and you've started, you know, taping their eyes and things like that. And you're like, oh, okay, so what kind of styling do you think you want? Like... (laughs) What client knows what styling is? You know, I certainly wouldn't know what styling is for lashes. Like, just give me long ones. I don't know. Like, (laughs) and, you know, they haven't, they've got their eyes closed. How are you possibly going to be looking at their eye shape, their brows, their natural lashes, you know, talking to them and understanding their wants and needs when they've got their eyes closed and they're already taped up? Because to me, that kind of feels like you just want to get on with the job and get going and get it over and done with and on to the next client. Whereas if you actually take the time to consult with them properly, if you have a private area before you take them through to the lash room or your lash station or bed or wherever you take your clients to do the service, that's ideal. Otherwise, if you take them through to the room or the bed or whatever, I like to actually sit next to the client on the bed and make eye contact with them and talk to them at their own level and ask them about their lifestyle, if they've had lashes before, what did they like about them? What didn't they like about them? Have they got any photos of examples of lashes or makeup or something like that that they like that I can go off? Do they have a pair of favourite strip lashes that I can look at that I can use an example to design their lash map off? you know, really nutting out exactly what they want in the beginning and also managing their expectations from the get-go too is super important. You know, if they're asking for 15 millimeter mega volume and they've worn lashes for the last 10 years and they've been going somewhere where, you know, they're not, not isolating, they're overloading the natural lash you know, and they have really damaged thin and fine and short natural lashes, it's here where you can actually explain to them at their level that that's just not going to work, that you can't do it. It's no good letting them tell you what they want, doing what you want or what you deem to be safe, and then at the end of the treatment 
saying, oh, yeah, well, your lashes are pretty damaged, so this is what I did. And they're disappointed. If you actually manage their expectations from the get-go, you are going to avoid a lot of unhappy clients, you know, that are sort of they look at their lashes and it's not what they're expecting. So consultation is key. It also makes them feel important. It makes them feel like they're really valued and you're really listening to them and trying to understand exactly what they want so they can get the best results possible out of the treatment. So if you are not consulting with your clients properly before they have their treatment, and this this can be for anything, makeup, tans, you know, nails, hair, anything. Every beauty or hair service needs a thorough consult in the beginning so that you can fully understand exactly what they are hoping to achieve at their appointment. The third one is how you reply to messages and the speed at which you do so. So this also comes into a little bit of social media, but you know, if people are calling your business or sending you DMs or, you know, voice notes or just normal text messages, I always say you need to be over the top nice. Even if you are being nice and you just write a really black and white message, sometimes it can come across as rude because people can't hear the tone of your voice. I actually recommend if you've got time to actually call the client back especially if it's regarding a difficult topic like a cancellation or a late reschedule or something like that or, you know, if they were perhaps not 100% happy with their service, I always like to call back because I can just get a much better gauge of the message that they're trying to get across to me and they can sort of get a better gauge of what I'm trying to do as well for them. But definitely the way you reply If I am actually texting back, I use a lot of emojis, you know, grammar, exclamation marks, um, your punctuation. It it is really, really important. You need to convey your tone of voice through text as best as you can because it can come across very, very cold. So just be over the top nice. It doesn't feel over the top nice on the other end. Trust me. Even just saying please and thank you and always addressing the client by name and always signing off who has actually replied to the message is very, very important as well. So that all comes under good customer service too. Now, the last one I've got here is one that happens quite a lot. Now, you need to make sure you are fully explaining your policies to all of your clients when they book in with you. Uh, Now, whether this be over the phone or online or whatever, you need to somehow convey your full terms and conditions or your policies when they are booking in with you. So they need to be on your online booking system, any confirmation emails or linked to in confirmation texts. You need to be explaining this over the phone or in person. When we have new clients that come into the salon for the first time, They actually fill out an online form. They can either do this on their own computer or phone or iPad prior to coming into the salon, or they can do it on the salon iPad when they actually arrive. But they fill out the new client form and it actually has our policies there and they have to sign and date to show that they've agreed to them and they fully understand. Now, you need to explain all of these because you can get into sticky situations if you have policies and you just assume that everyone knows or you assume that everyone's looked at your website and 
then just say they try and go change an appointment two hours before they're due to come in and you say, oh, well, we're taking your deposit now. And they get really cranky because they weren't fully told that when they put a deposit down, they could lose it if they cancel their appointment, you know, with not enough notice. Now, a lot of us assume that people just know this stuff, but don't assume anything. (laughs) If you have something written, you know, that they've agreed to, they've ticked a box when they've booked the appointment online, you know, you can just gently say to them, look, um, you did agree to this policy when you made your booking, you've ticked the box here. Um, This is our salon policy. Uh, You really need to give more um, notice of a cancellation or a reschedule. And now, we haven't got enough time to refill that appointment. So we will be keeping your deposit. And if you want to reschedule yours, you'll need to make a new deposit or booking fee, depending what language you use, what terminology you use there with your deposit slash booking fees. Because yeah, if you just go and enforce those policies and you haven't fully explained them to your client, you know, at the time of booking, things can get a little bit nasty. People tend to get quite upset. So that is the last one that comes under Shitty customer service. So, customer service is everything. If you want people to keep coming back, you've got to provide good service and it all comes under the customer experience. So, those four things definitely play a massive role in, you know, keeping your clients happy and keeping them informed and, you know, getting them to keep coming back to your salon. Now, I'm moving on to (laughs) social media. So, if you want clients to keep coming back to you, please don't go and post a heap of offensive reels. (laughs) This is huge right now within the industry. You cannot expect to get new clients, so attract new clients, or entertain, inspire, educate your current clients or current audience that already follow you on socials If you are posting reels that are potentially offensive to them. Now, I talk a lot about this. I have talked a lot about this in the past, I think mainly on my socials, but I'm talking the reels that, you know, I've seen one going around lately and you may think it's harmless and it's funny, but it's really only funny or relatable to other industry professionals. And you shouldn't be creating content for other industry professionals. You should be creating content for your clients or potential clients to build your business, to grow your business and get new clients, new leads, new sales. So this one's been doing the rounds lately. I think it is something along the lines of, you know, the shot is someone sitting there eating a bag of chips or a meal or whatever. And the audio is... um, you know, they hear a door open when they're halfway through eating. And the text on the screen is, you know, when I hear my next client come 10 minutes early, but I'm still on my break. And then the audio says, nope. So basically you're, you're putting out there that, you know, you're in the middle of a break, you're eating, your next client arrives, but you're not going to go out there and greet them and you're not going to start their service early. So Yes, it is harmless. It's funny. We've all been there. It's 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 relatable, definitely. But we're all in the industry. If a client saw that, you know, they're probably not going to find it funny. I've actually had a situation years ago uh, with my first employee where one of my clients did arrive early and 
she went out the front to greet the client because I didn't have a receptionist or anyone else hanging around back then to, to greet anyone. So, you know, if we were on our break, we did need to go greet our client straight away. But yeah, she actually came out and said, oh, yep, I'm, I'm just on my lunch break. I'll, I'll be another 10 minutes. And anyway, yeah, this client actually said to me afterwards, oh, I felt that was really rude. You know, why can't she just start me now? And look, obviously this client has no idea about how appointment-based businesses run. And, you know, I did go on to explain to her, oh, look, you know, if she doesn't take her lunch break now, she can't um, have it any other time during the day. All the appointments are booked back to back. That's the time we've scheduled in for the break. So I'm sorry if you felt like that was rude, um, but that's the way we run things. And, you know, and she understood, she got it. But when it's on social media, you haven't got the time to explain that to people. If they are offended, they're probably just going to go, huh, well, I'm never going to go there. So that's one I've noticed a lot lately. You know, there's been a lot of reels about no shows. There's been ones about, you know, clients wearing makeup, you know, oh, my face when my client shows up and she's worn strip lashes on the weekend and her lashes are full of makeup and strip lash glue. You know, reels like that, yes, entertaining, funny, relatable for the beauty industry, uh, the service industry, because we get it, we know. So perhaps if you're a supplier or a trainer or a coach or something like that within the industry, posting that type of content is going to work for your account because your ideal audience is other industry professionals. But when you are trying, you know, it's your salon social media accounts and you're trying to actually attract people to your business to get new leads, inquiries, sales, posting that type of content that could be potentially offensive to a potential client or existing ones it's, it's just not good practice. So, please don't do it. Don't think about following trends. Don't just post stuff because everybody else is doing it. Uh, you need to really think about your audience and what's going to entertain, inspire, you know, educate them. And what can you share about yourself and your business that's relevant to them, that's going to entice them to actually choose you as a service provider. So, no to the offensive reels. On socials, I also see people complaining about clients a lot. You know, there's the whole issue of reels that I've just discussed, but I also see a lot of screenshots of messages, you know, when clients have cancelled last minute and, you know, and there'll be text overlaid across the top, like this client lost their deposit today because they didn't show up, you know, or complaining about a client that did something or was rude or, or, showed up late or didn't show, you can't post on socials complaining about your clients. It's really off-putting to any new clients or existing clients. Same as with the reels. I've seen lately a, a selfie of a lash artist with, with text on the screen saying, oh, second no-show of the day. Now I'm going to have to enforce my policies. And it's like a threat kind of an empty threat really because it it insinuates that the person had policies that net then they never enforced them but now they're going to. So that type of content it's just negative content. It's not entertaining, it's not inspiring, it's not educating. It's definitely not marketing your services. It's not going to do your account any good and it's not going to help you get any new clients or keep them. So complaining about clients is also a big no-no. And speaking of policies, enforcing your policies in your stories. So, 
you know, I, I even had, and like we're all guilty of this. We think that it's going to be a good idea to list our policies and put it in, you know, five different slurry slides or, you know, make it into a carousel post or something like that. But again, it's not inspiring. It's not educating. It's not funny. It's just boring to clients. And it kind of brings a little bit of an air of negativity to your account, an air of seriousness. It's just not the place to share your policies on your socials. Um, It's not promoting your business at all. It's not positive. I would keep it to your official stuff, like your confirmation emails and texts and things like that. Have a list of your policies on your website, definitely. But social media is not the place to share them, especially if you are posting them all the time. It's just going to hurt your engagement rate. People are going to be swiping past if it's in the stories or they're going to be scrolling straight on by if it's in your feed. So yeah, sharing your policies over and over again or even once is just a no-go. I had my receptionist actually asked me before Christmas, oh, should I just remind everyone of our policies Um, You know, because people are coming in late and I'm like, it's Christmas, you know, it happens. We just have to roll with it. But socials is not not the place. I said, you know, is it inspiring? Is it funny? Does it market the business? And she's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, yeah, well, there's your answer. And she's like, yep, fair call. (laughs) So, yeah, policies, just forget it, guys. Don't don't actually put them on your socials. They don't need to be there. And The last one, and I have spoken about this, I'm pretty sure on my socials before, price rises. They also fall into the same category as, you know, enforcing, reinforcing or enforcing your policies. Price rise, it kind of is negative news. Again, honestly, it's not negative news. I feel excited about price rises in my own business. I'm like, woohoo, we're going to earn a little bit more money. Um, But, um, you know, it, it, adds a little bit of an air of negativity because you are feeling the need to explain yourself. And if you feel the need to explain your price rise, it just kind of conveys the message that you're not confident in it. But if you know you need to put your prices up because of your rising costs or the fact that you're heavily booked out and you're that good at what you do and you're in demand and you can put your price up because you want to lose a couple of customers, hopefully, you don't need to explain yourself. You don't need to put it on your socials. You don't need to let anyone know. You don't need to put a sign up on your counter. Just do it. Just put the price up. I've done it this week, start of 2023. And I've, I've, I actually had my receptionist. I'm just throwing Sarah down the deep end at the moment. But she, she sort of said, oh, but we didn't do it on the first day back. And I'm like, who cares? I didn't get around to it. I didn't want to do it on, during the break. No one is going to say to me, oh, well, I paid $103 on the 3rd of January and I paid $105 on the 20th of January, they're not going to say, oh, you should have done it from the start of the year. You're a week late. No one's going to pick up on that. So, we don't need to explain ourselves. We don't need to do it on a certain date. We are running our own businesses. We're our own boss. We're in control. We can do, you know, whatever we like. We can charge whatever we like and you can change your prices whenever you like. But yeah, you don't need to put it on socials. It's just content that's going to get scrolled past and people aren't going to be excited or happy about it. <laughs> Trust me, they're not. What What's happy about a price rise for the consumer? Nothing. So yeah, 
no need to pop that on your socials. So definitely if you're looking to grow your social media to get new clients for your business and, you know, keep your current clients entertained and educated with your content, price rises, policies, complaining about clients or posting offensive reels that you think are funny that might not be funny to your clients are definitely all a no-no. Now, the final thing that I want to discuss is failing to understand your client's needs. So, what I mean by this is, you know, the landscape changes. People's wants and needs change over the years and you'll be very foolish. We'd all be very foolish to think that we can just offer the same service for years on end and people are going to continue to be happy with it and continue to return to our businesses. Very foolish. You know, competitors pop up all the time. Things change, you know, trends change as well. And if you just stick to the same thing that you're doing all the time because you're in a comfort zone and, you know, it's been working for you well for the last few years, why not just continue with it? You're not going to grow your business eventually. So understanding your clients' needs, you really need to make sure you put time and effort into this. But I would be sending surveys to your best clients, asking them questions. Yes, it's uncomfortable. It's scary. If you haven't done it before, it's really freaking scary. But getting feedback from your good clients about what you're doing really well and what you're doing really badly is only going to help you to grow your business into the future. And also asking them what they'd like to see from you. What could you be doing more of? How could you improve on the services that you're already offering? It is invaluable information. You really, really need to be surveying your clients, I would say, at least twice a year, Um, which leads me to the next one, following up. I have talked about following up before on the podcast, but you need to be following up with everyone that has visited your salon to get any feedback, whether it be good or bad. If it's bad, don't see it as a negative thing. Use it as a learning experience. Use it for training with your staff or use it to for yourself to personally learn from, you know, what not to do in the future. Like you cannot let your ego win here. You can't be too scared to ask how people's experience was because you just don't want to know. If you want to seriously grow your business this year, you need to know exactly how everyone's experience went. And if it was a good experience, awesome. If it was a bad experience, learn from it, change up what you're doing train your team and don't do it ever again. Because if you're not making those mistakes, people are generally going to be a lot more happy with your establishment, with your business, and they are going to keep coming back, which is the aim of the game here. And with following up and surveys, you can sort of find out what people want from you. And if you're not offering what people want, you're not going to grow your business. So I like to try and create new offers around what my clients are asking for, what the most popular service is and bundling it with other really popular services. Perhaps you will get your clients that are, you know, only coming for lashes. They might start coming to you for brows as well or other services that you offer. You know, if you offer facials and things like that, perhaps they'll start crossing over into that line or that side of your business. But yeah, If you're listening to their wants and needs, paying attention to them and what they're asking for, you can definitely create new offers 
to keep them engaged, keep them happy, keep them coming back. So, that is my three main areas of, you know, attention that you need to be giving your clients if you want to keep them coming back. So, there was a bit in it today. You know, if if you're listening and you're at home or you've got a minute, you can stop and take some notes. Feel free to shoot me a message if you've got any questions about this just on my Instagram account. Um, my handle is Lauren Lappin underscore. So L-A-U-R-E-N-L-A-P-P-I-N underscore. And also, too, I love to see how you are listening to this podcast. Uh, What are you doing? Are you at the gym? Are you going for a walk? Are you driving? If you are driving, please don't take a selfie while you're driving. Please wait till you're stationary. Um, But I love to see how you're listening. So please share it. Snap a selfie wherever you are listening to the Lash Business Lounge and post it on your story. Make sure you tag me. I love to see it. Um, I love to get any feedback about any of these episodes or if you've got something you want me to talk on, please let me know. So, don't feel shy to reach out on Instagram. But anyway, that is all I've got for you today, guys. I will see you all online soon.